so I don't know if y'all have been paying that much attention on the internet or at least were paying attention last week, but there was this very interesting question that was dividing a ton of opinion. And it was a simple question that was asking which would you rather a half a million dollars or a lunch with Jay-Z? And you know, it split quite a bit of opinion. And I think I might have found one that's a little bit more decisive than that. And it goes like this. A man once stole his girlfriend's 10,000 to play a bet and won a hundred million. So he gives her her 10k back and she's furious and she wants 40 mil out of that hundred. So the question is, is she justified to ask for that much? How about you debate that then we can come back and I can give you a proper answer for it. Now, this was something that didn't divide as many people on the internet, probably because it didn't reach as many people. But honestly, I feel like it's a little easier to see where the divide comes in because this is where a lot of the whole, you know, battle of the sexes can come in because you'll find most of the babes will be like, because it was her money and he took it and he used it to make some more money. Then the money is technically even hers. She should even be getting more because... She was the one that gave up the initial money, blah, blah, blah. And definitely there's going to be a bunch of guys that are going to be on that side as well. Because it's like, oh, you know, he used her money, so she should get a pretty huge cut as well. But then now there's the rest of us niggas who are like, why the hell is he doing that? Why the hell should he do that? Like, he didn't use her to bet. He just took the money. And anyways, he pretty much returned the money. So it's technically not even a case of it being stolen. So it does bring up the question of who's a little bit more right than the other. And to be quite honest, for me, when I looked at this question, I thought about it in sort of like an investment sense. If I took a loan from the bank to take an investment somewhere and, you know, it matured and it made a fuck ton of money, it's not like I'd have to give the bank a certain share of that investment. All I'd have to do is return whatever it is that's owed. And essentially, that's how I'd look at it. You know, assuming, say, 0% interest and so on. Because at that point, it's not the bank's business what it is that I do with the money. It's actually just the fact that I've borrowed some money and I'm supposed to return it. So whether it is I borrowed one mil and made 50 out of it or, you know, borrowed the one mil and ended up with half a mil, the bank will still expect its money back. It's not dependent on what it is that I do with the money and whether I make a profit with it or not. So honestly speaking, if he's to give her any money... He better be left with 99,990,000, assuming that he got exactly 100 million. All right. And to kind of explain this in a slightly simpler way without too much, you know, mathematics or finance or anything, I'll use the explanation that my brother gave when I presented this question to him a little bit earlier. Now, he was for the guy keeping all the money and only giving her back the 10K. And his explanation was if he'd have gone in and he'd have bet all the money and lost it all, would she have asked for 4k or for 6k? Not exactly. She'd want her full 10k back. So why the hell is it that now he has to pay 40 million because he managed to gain from it? Like, it doesn't make sense at all. But anyways, that being said, I will leave that to you to kind of discuss and figure out. 
in the meantime we do have a podcast to begin and unfortunately if you're not up for divisive opinions then i don't know if you came to the right place but we might as well start so you can find out so in typical fashion welcome to break time on west side your number one break time podcast coming to you from nairobi kenya the man on the mic is a man who still wonders why oral sex does not give you an additional body count. He is a man who likes his women the same exact way he likes his yogurt. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex, and relationships show, where I get to say a bunch of different things. They tend to have divisive opinions. People usually tend to argue over something, but at some point, I might just come through with a conclusion. Now, as usual, I usually leave my conclusions open, and I leave you with the opportunity to make a decision for yourself and you know give your thoughts comments and feedback on instagram it is at break time on west side on facebook it is also at break time on west side you can slide into the dms that dms are always open and on twitter you can slide into my personal dms which is at bagaka the d and we can continue the discussion and we can begin others some of which i wouldn't mind bringing to the podcast for us to discuss now that said We should probably move it on to our main topic of today, but we know that we're not going that just yet. Because that's something that I want us to talk about for a little bit. And hell, at this point, I think it's something that I would genuinely want to rant about. Now, not too long ago, while I was scrolling through the IG, especially around during the break, there was this very interesting quote that I saw that had been quoted and brought to IG and it was on someone's story. I found it to be particularly interesting but fairly annoying at the same time. Now, It was a woman who had come out to say, and I quote, Imagine if men had to pay a deposit before dating you, and if they wasted your time, you kept it. Half the male species would be bankrupt. End quote. And, um, the fuck? Like, seriously, the fuck? Like, yo, I can get it. There's definitely a bunch of babes on the side who are like, yeah, it's true. Like, this is, this is real facts. You know these guys would be bankrupt and shit but honestly i feel like you need to have lost a couple of your marbles you need to have had your iq depleted to like a double digit level for you to actually kind of formulate such an opinion because i don't know like maybe i'm the one who's wrong but we've been doing this shit for over 200 years like i'm just saying because well dates started in what 1800 and if you count what 220 years that's yeah that's roughly about how long we've been doing this but um can i say that half the male species has been driven bankrupt no i'd argue that we're still pretty much the same uh i'd say quite a number of guys have gone out on dates and you know yes there are a couple of them where women have paid but for the most part if you actually do think about it guys have been doing this the entire time like i'm not even going to take it that far and say oh you know expensive dinner and shit guys have been doing this shit for a very long time like we've been putting money down and we've been hoping to get the babe at the end of the day whether it's to bang them that same night whether it's to bang them sooner or later whether it's to be in a relationship with them be it short term be it long term be it casual we've been taking women out on dates for eons and very recently is when now people started changing up the whole thing and making it a case of going dutch or you know having the woman pay for everything of which there's still quite a number of places that don't do that they don't believe in that shit now 
to say that us guys spending money on dates and us you know taking time to engage with you get some conversation try some new shit and pretty much just spend time with you doesn't amount to that version of a deposit is pretty much spitting in the face of you know the fact that guys have been doing this in dates for a very long time and yes i get it babes can come out and they'll be like oh no but we sometimes even end up spending more because we have to go and get our hair done and you know we get our nails done and it's not like dresses don't cost money so we sometimes even have to buy an entirely new dress for that entire thing like yes you could make that argument but at the same time it's not like guys don't do nothing like we'll go we'll scout out the place most times we will pretty much budget for it and put the money down and we will also invest in actually going for that date it's just that how we invest is a lot different now guys can invest in terms of trying to you know make up jokes trying to find out more about the babe you know trying to know what good talking points to use and shit yes we can go for a haircut even though that's not really how most guys would do it can we get a new suit probably but rarely ever and at the end of the day like y'all buying a new dress is your problem you can repeat the dress that you wore from i don't know six months ago but you're the one that decided to spend 5k on a new dress now if i go and i buy a suit for 15k and instead of using it once like you're going to do i use it what a hundred times in its lifespan then i'll have gotten the full value of my money with that purchase now for you you're buying 5k to blow it all in say that one two three periods so that's your l there and here's the thing a lot of the babes might look at it as just cheap food and conversation which can sometimes be basic and you know y'all can write it off as you know just some basic shit you know it's bare minimum but when you think about it from a guy's point of view we treat it like an investment and that's primarily why you'll find that guys might want to sleep with you at the end of the first date even though you refuse it's part of the reason why you'll find guys getting all vexed when you choose not to call them back or you choose to leave them on blue ticks or you choose to give them shit because they were expecting to get something good out of it and normally if it's dating to say get into a relationship it's the emotional security that comes with the relationship it's you know the possible sex that can come from it if they value that quite a bit like their return on investment is a good relationship or at least a good bond that can turn into a relationship with a little bit of intimacy here and there just saying if it's a bang then well we already know where that's going so when a guy goes in and puts his investment on that and you take it as nothing and you think that it's bare minimum then shorty you barely know jack shit about dating you don't understand dating you just go for dates and expect that you'll be the prize that everyone will want to be with yet a good chunk of you are very shitty when it comes to conversation just saying but anyways that being said however it is you want to look at it we usually put the deposit down and it's called the date so take it where it's at if you feel like that's bare minimum i don't know go suck on big daddy for all i care but anyways that said we should move it on to our main topic of today and i have to admit this one this one was a bit of a build-up on its own like it wasn't particularly driven by one thing that i noticed or you know something that i read online in and of itself like it was a bunch of things that came together and it was this thing that i saw quite a number of guys do over time where i see a guy that's really really into a babe 
you know, he really has the feels for her hell. Mans could probably be fully in love. And there was this statement that they'd always say, I think she's the one for me. Or they'd be at a wedding and, you know, people would be like, you know, how did you know that she was the one? And, you know, guys were like, oh, you know, there was this and this that we did. There was that and that that she did. And then I realized that she was the one. And hell, like this happens to babes as well. And I usually hear people talk about the idea of the one quite a bit. And especially for us young people who are dating right now, it's, eh, I'll be honest, it sounds fairly common nowadays to hear people saying, oh, I, I don't know, I think she might be the one. And, you know, stuff can go sideways and all of a sudden, you know, people are, are breaking down over character development. So I kind of decided, you know, what, let me look into it. Because personally, I stopped believing in the idea of the one because at some level, at some point in time in my life, much as I believed in it, I kind of realized that it was a bit of a fallacy in and of itself. Because a lot of the times when I'd see somebody talking about the idea of the one and the fact that they found the one or they wish they'd find the one, I'd sort of find myself observing how they take the whole thing. And you know, if it's a relationship, if it's a situationship, if it's a full on marriage. And over time, you'd find that sometimes these people would break up. Sometimes they divorce. Sometimes they'd, they'd separate. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the other person would pass on and you'd find that these people would still have to move on. And I'm not trying to play your path of new or anything, but if you're the one, aren't you supposed to be one singular person? Like, I don't know, Matrix 4 is coming up, so maybe that might be debated. But am I the only one that thinks that being the one is a singular thing? Because here's my issue with it. If hypothetically speaking, you tell me that you found the one and say you know you guys go the long haul and it's not like you guys break up or separate or anything like you guys go the long haul you have an amazing relationship and unfortunately by some circumstance she passes on does that mean that you don't get to move on with your life does that mean that you stop dating does that mean that you stop having romantic relationships and you pretty much stay alone for the rest of your life like if she was the one then that would mean that that would be the case, which I don't think is actually the case. You know, you can still manage to move on even after she's passed away or he's passed away. And that kind of discredits it all entirely. Then you look at things like divorces, which, yes, it is debatable because it's not like people usually divorce due to a lack of love. But at the end of the day, if she was the one for you as a wife and y'all ended up breaking up, does that mean that you can't have another wife? Does that mean that you can't have another husband? You know, that's that's the question that I usually ask myself. And I'm even going to leave the people that usually talk about having the one and then character development happens or, you know, some shit goes south and the relationship doesn't go on because they like they're even worse. They usually end up having so many ones at this point. It's like it's like they're about to go to a strip club and throw money and shit. Although in the case of making this argument, they do fact in quite well as well. So personally, I don't believe in the idea of the one because if that was the case, then all of these situations that I've just mentioned behind me would have been, you know, sort of non-existent. And frankly, like it is part of the reason why you find that the red pill community of the manosphere uh, and for those of y'all that don't know about it, you can go and listen to the fan of a fan episode I did with with Mr. Man Style. 
and you know we we actually did kind of go into the the whole red bill community and everything in the manosphere anyways as i was saying now the red bill community actually do recognize this as an issue and they address it under something that they call oneitis it's pretty much the idea of the one and you know this whole feeling of oh you know i feel like she's the one you know i think she's the one and they usually debunk it and they usually shun it like it's something that they absolutely loathe and much as i'm not necessarily a part of the red pill community or you know the manosphere by quite a lot of accounts it's something that i do also believe in because i honestly feel as though the idea of the one came from the thought that you can have somebody that is going to be fully compatible with you it's the dream it's the ideal that came through with the thought that you know what i want somebody who can complete me you know i want the eve to my adam uh i want to make sure that i have the woman of my dreams that i can live happily ever after with or i can have the man of my dreams that i can live happily ever after with and at the end of the day it seems like a very good thing and you know it's a very nice ideal to have but at the very same time it's a very restrictive and destructive kind of ideal to have because if you end up being with someone that you'd call the one and you choose to stick with them because they're the one and yet they're a toxic partner and they're abusive then you end up getting hurt because you've been following that ideal if you end up sticking to one person and yet they're not the best for you say from you know the fact that you guys are incompatible with things that you like together you know incompatible in your interests in the bedroom and shit and you know like they're just fully incompatible then you end up suffering because you end up wasting so much time trying to pursue a relationship so hard yet it's not really beneficial to the both of you so in a sense it is very destructive as an ideal but does that mean that we should abandon it not exactly because at the end of the day this is a dream this is an ideal that people have and i wouldn't want to tell them to forget the ideal i'd want them to change the ideal because instead of getting one that's highly destructive and highly restrictive such as the one how about if you get one that's a little bit more realistic that makes a little bit more sense that can actually help you a hell of a lot more and it doesn't even have to lose the time one there all i have to do is paraphrase and instead of saying that i want the one or i have the one i will say i am looking for one in a million seems a hell of a lot easier right and in a sense it still does have the same feeling as you know you having the one but instead of you choosing them as the sole person you know making it so restrictive that you know in light of whatever issues you'll have you know this was supposed to be the one person that you'd be with it opens you up to the possibility that there could be others because if say hypothetically speaking we're a little over 8 billion people you know because of corona deaths and everything even though you said that you have one in a million it means that there's at least 8000 others that you can go for and if you think about it that way it makes it a lot easier to look at somebody and not see them as irreplaceable and i'm not saying that everyone should be looked at as you know replaceable things you know that dispensable as long as they don't help me blah 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 no value people people are of important value and no one person is the same as another person but you cannot restrict yourself to one person when we have a world full of billions of people And yes, I know that's the whole fish in the sea thing. You know, you can't say that you can find 8000 people that are exactly like her or 
you know, you'll find 8,000 people that carry her characteristics. Of course not. I don't think I can do that. You know, I don't think anyone really can because everyone is different. But at the end of the day, it does open you up in terms of options because it's a constant reminder to your subconscious and your conscious that even though this person was to leave, even though things were to end, I'd find somebody. But guess what? They're extremely valuable. Because guess what? If you say that in and of itself, it's actually less than the population of geniuses that are on this planet. Just saying. Just figured I should tell you that. So in a sense, it does make her or him seem extremely valuable. Of course, you could say that, you know, she's one in a billion. And frankly, you know, you could be right. You could be right. And there's probably only, say, eight point something versions of her that I can find. But I prefer sticking to one in a million because it opens you up a hell of a lot more. You know, it it shows you that I might lose this one, but there's so much more. There's so many others that I can find that can fulfill me, that can complete me in the same way that this other person would have. And I feel like that's a lot better than the idea of telling somebody, oh, you know, she just wasn't the one for you. Now, like, tell somebody, you know what, on to the next one. She was one in a million. There's definitely 8,000 others that you can go for. And guess what? The good thing with 8,000 others is you can't exactly finish them. You cannot. Does that mean that you should stop valuing the person that you're with? No, value them. But the mere fact that they're one in a million means that they're very valuable in and of themselves. Like that valuation of being one in a million still means that you have options, but at the same time, it means that she is special. It means that he or she is valuable in that they are part of 0.000125% of the global population which in and of itself means that they are very, very, very special. So either way, how, however it is you want to look at it, I feel like the idea of the one is a much bigger lie and saying that you're looking for the one is in and of itself a myth that can get you hurt quite a lot. But if you say that you are looking for a woman, if you are looking for a man or a trans, if you're into that kind of thing, that is one in a million, then guess what? you will have narrowed it down such that you're looking for someone special but you'll have widened it such that even though it doesn't work out with this one there's another one that you can go for and just like dj khalid you will move on to another one but then again i could be wrong about this entire thing so i want your thoughts on this do you believe in the one do you not believe in the one do you think the idea of one in a million is a lot better or are you the kind of person that's all for one in a billion? The DMs are open on Instagram. It is at Breaktime on Westside. On Facebook, it is also at Breaktime on Westside. And on Twitter, you can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening on Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below, and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>